Hello, hello, and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Outnumbered with Kelly and Hollis. Yeah, I <laughs> that was very backwards. It was backwards, but I thought, okay, when I started it, I was like, huh, this is backwards. But then as I said, Kelly, I was like, but this could kind of be cool because it's like I'm introducing you and you introduced me. So that's how it played out in my head. Hmm. It's a nice little visual there. <laughs> yes, yes. So hello again, guys, and welcome to, I was just about to repeat everything. Clearly that threw me off, but. I was going to let you go. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to let her do her thing. (laughs) My mind went on autopilot. But in this episode, which is what I meant to say, we are covering all things cover letters and references. And honestly, in my opinion, these are two of the most important parts of the application process because these are when you really get to kind of showcase your personality. You get to go more in depth on your experience. This is where you really persuade them as to why you are a great fit for the job and the resume you know you show what you've worked on it's all bullet points but in the cover letters like this is where you can shine this is where you can do your colorful graphics I know Kelly said that she her resume is pretty plain but in the cover letter that's where she does like all her arts and different designs and then the references these are the people that are rooting for you and they want to see you win so like cover letters and references in my mind they should be top tier because that is how you can really secure a job and I think it's interesting especially with cover letters because depending on the organization I feel like and depending on who you talk to because I know when we had our summit we had someone from um, kind of the recruiter side come in and say, you know, cover letters are going out. They don't really matter. And then we were just talking to someone else, like having a discussion. And they were talking about how important cover letters are to them and that mm-hmm. you should always include it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just like with resumes, you're kind of, you're going to have that difference of opinion, but I think, you know, the cover letter is a great opportunity to really get a chance to explain things that maybe you aren't able to include on your resume. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that important piece comes in and then references for me I'm always like if I can get to the references part of an interview process then I'm golden golden. yeah (laughs) that's how you know we've been working together too long because we both just said golden but yeah no you're golden (laughs) um I mean I'm always someone who like my priority when I'm doing my job is to make the job of the others around me easier and um if you do ask my references they tend to say the same thing so it's always for me like the priority is to get to that um, that part of it, but we won't, you know, spoil too many details. We'll go um, into further detail on kind of the best practices either Hollis and I use or kind of when we've done research for this, other things we may have seen. So we will start with cover letters. Yay. So the first thing is prove your passion. Like I mentioned earlier, employers want to hire someone who's passionate about their industry, but just saying you're passionate doesn't set you apart from other applicants. You need to prove it. What has what has your passion led you to do? Yeah, so are you interning um, in the sports industry, maybe in addition to paying, you know, doing another full-time gig in an unrelated industry? Because, you know, I mean, pretty related to right now, at least for me, (laughs) I got laid off, um, you know, back in, what was it, May, April. And although I'm not working in the sports industry full time, like I've kept my foot in the door throughout numbered, still Mm -hmm. trying to connect with different professionals in the industry, just kind of build um, that side of things. So that really, I think when I do interviews um, in the future, that's something because I feel like a a very popular question is going to be, what did you do during this kind of I don't want to say off season, but you know, this free time, um, what were you doing with your time? And I think if you show you took initiative and you were passionate, whether it, you know, be starting, starting a podcast, taking a class, um, trying to show some growth, uh, maybe it's even just like learning about other sports that you hadn't previously known about, um, just kind of showing that initiative, um, and showing the passion other than just saying like, I like sports. It's like, yeah. So to a lot of people, that's why this industry is so popular. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely, I mean, and I almost relate it to, and I know I'm sure we've talked about this, but Hollis has always taught me, or like saying, you kind of phrase a question anyway, you know, you have a dream, you want to work in sports, what are you doing to achieve it? Mm -hmm. You're passionate about it, 
well, how do you show it? How are you showcasing your passion and not just saying it? Um, so maybe it's taking time out on the weekends, you know, to volunteer, you know, not getting paid for it. That's a pretty good uh, way to showcase that you're passionate about something is doing it and not getting money for it. <laughs> I mean, I did it for two years at tech um, and it was a really <laughs> great decision, you know, would have loved to get compensated for it, but you know, you get compensated with experience as they, you know, told me a lot. Um, but you know, just make sure that you are not only saying you're passionate, but showing it as well. And I think that goes into the overall aspect, especially within working in the sports industry. Everyone is passionate. Everyone loves sports. Everyone, you know, that's why a lot of people work in there. But what are you doing with your passion that also aligns with your career? So like, don't just go to the games, really utilize either working in marketing if you can or shadowing someone like also strengthen those skills too because one call that I had the other day um, they said knowing the business of sports and just being a fan of the sport so don't utilize your passion of just being a fan like when we say prove your passion that doesn't mean buy season tickets to an NBA team and just go to all the games and making sure that you're cheering on your favorite team and you know all the stats that is not what we're saying when we say prove your passion is prove your passion for the sports industry, not for sports itself. So showing that you are passionate about the business of it, showing that you're passionate about working within the industry, that is what we mean. And then so the next thing is highlight and expand your, oh, excuse me, highlight and expand on your resume's strong points. So don't use your cover letter to simply repeat the details in a resume only in a different format. Really use your cover letter to go more in detail. As I mentioned in the beginning, your resume is bullet points. So really use your cover letter to tell a story. Let them in. How exactly did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to work into the sports industry? How exactly were you able to um, you know, we say in your resume, add some metrics and numbers. So how exactly did you formulate that? Or how did you get to that conclusion? Like go a little deeper, let them know about you. They also, they're hiring you for that position, but they also want to hire you for the person that you are. So really utilize that in the cover letter as well. Yeah. And I can say I was the absolute worst at doing this when I first did my cover letters I would just I was definitely one of those people who was just like oh yeah you know I have you know experience you know doing marketing and just like reiterated exactly what you would have read on my resume and I like did have to go back and be like okay well I said you know I have really good you know time management skills well, well instead of just being like I'm really great at time management like I've done I have the experience like talk about it like I worked as an on-field promotion intern where I had to not only manage everything going on the field, but then also coordinate with the press box. So show it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think kind of like I just alluded to, it's a great time to showcase your skill set. Um, so not even just the experience you talk about in your jobs, but if you do include your skills on your resume, show when you've utilized those or maybe how they match up in your previous experience. Because um, you don't really get or at least most of the time when I've included it in my resume, you kind of just, you know, list it out. Like I, you know, I have really good communication skills or time management, data analytics, like maybe talk about the software you've used in your cover letter or something like that. So I think that's another great way to kind of elaborate on your skill set as well. Mm -hmm. And like she said, y'all, make sure you utilize those details. I, we always say brag on yourself and I am very bad at it, but the cover letter is your chance to brag. I, <laughs> I actually have my mom um, look over my cover letter. I have her review everything because in my head, she's like my professional um, guru. I have her review everything. And I'm just like, is this good enough? Can you help me? And so I sent her my cover letter and she was like, why don't you explain all of the amazing things you did? So in my cover letter, I was just like, yeah, I worked on events at ESPN and I was able to do marketing. And she was like, no, you worked on the Champions Classic in Madison Square Garden. Like you need to explain that. So really use your cover letter to go into more detail, explain how awesome you are. If they couldn't tell how great or of an addition you can be from your resume, again, your cover letter is there to sell you. And so the next tip that we have is a show off relevant experience. So space is precious in the cover letter. Do not waste it by including unnecessary details. Not meeting minimum education requirements might not get you 
past the screener, but beyond it, it's your experience that counts. So please know, mention all of your experience. Education is cool, but you know, you mentioned that on your resume. So in my opinion, Kelly may think differently, but I don't really think you need to reiterate that in your cover letter. Unless you are a recent graduate, then you don't really have much experience to pull from. But if you've been in the industry for a while, I don't think you really need to revisit a lot of things that you've done in college, unless it just directly correlates or elevates um, the career choices that you've made. Yeah. And I mean, I think when it comes to your education as well. I mean, as someone who has a master's degree, I've never been asked to elaborate on it. Like they've never been like, oh, talk about your coursework or this or that. It's just kind of like <laughs> a master's. Cool. All right. Well, talk about this job that you did. So like any interview I've ever been in, it's always asking about your work experience over like, oh, tell me about school. So I definitely think, um, I mean, education is a box that is going to need to be ticked if they're looking for something specific, because I know maybe they're looking for a four-year degree or, you know, a master's level education, but I've never been asked to elaborate more on it. So definitely, you know, you do have that limited space. So use it wisely. Um, Mm -hmm. Look at the job description, look for those qualities, those preferred, um, characteristics they're looking for and think, how does my experience relate to this? How can I showcase that what they're looking for, what they're asking for, I've done it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think your cover letter should really answer that question. Like, why are you qualified for this position? Mm -hmm. Um, If maybe you don't have the direct experience that they're looking for, you know, maybe, you know, you're applying for a minor league baseball team, you haven't worked in minor league it's okay. Um, look for transferable skills. I mean, you can talk about like, right. I mean, I know I use this example, but right now I do project management, project coordination at Lowe's. I mean, it's not the sports industry, but basically any other job, you're going to do some type of project coordination. You're going to have to meet deadlines. You're going to have to be able to make schedules, coordinate people, communicate. So just think about it from that aspect. Don't limit yourself by just saying, well, I haven't worked within that certain company or that certain field. I mean, you've used skills before that you can transfer over to that position. So Mm -hmm. definitely make sure you include that in your cover letter as well. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because Not everyone that works in the sports industry started in the sports industry. Some people always wanted to work in sports and have been working their way to get there. Some people just stumbled upon a position and just so happened to be working in sports. Some people worked outside of sports and have been working hard to get back. So there's a lot of different backgrounds that people have. So like Kelly said, make sure you utilize those skills because not everyone, (laughs) you know, as you guys know, not everyone gets their dream job within the sports industry right out of college. So it's how you're able to utilize that transitional period and how you're able to apply those skills and so the next thing y'all know I'm very passionate about this especially with the resume how I said resume should only be one page and I'm sticking to it and I feel the same way about cover letters one page is Kelly is looking at me because y'all know she's a two-pager but one page is enough (laughs) (laughs) for a cover letter one page is enough Keep your cover letter to one page. Be concise. Don't repeat something from your resume if you're not adding relevant information to it. And while you should still highlight relevant experience, you don't need seven examples to make your point. I think this is really important because especially with the be concise, you're only utilizing, I don't know, someone's looking at your resume, what they say, 17 seconds. Yeah, seven to 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably the same with your cover letter. If obviously you make it past that seven to 10 seconds in your resume, hoping that you do, they're not spending a lot of time on your cover letter. So you want to make sure that you make your points and you get to them quickly and you get to them honestly strongly because I couldn't think of a better word, but just make sure you get to the point. Do not ramble in your cover letter. That's your cover letter is like, okay, I'm going to break it down how I see it in my head, right? So your resume is like the quick introduction. So that's like the little elevator pitch that you give in written format, you know, your career highlights. Your cover letter, you get a little deeper, you know, it explains your resume a little more. They get to know you as a person on the paper, but you don't give everything in your cover letter. That's when you get in the interview and you hit them with the bam. That's when they really get to know (laughs) 
<laughs> Ouch. <laughs> if y'all could see Kelly's face as I was explaining it, but the interview was the bam. It's like, this is who I am. Leave a little to be desired in the cover letter. Like you want to give your main points, but don't give everything. You don't need to explain all the ways that you solved the problem while you were at your last job. They don't need to know all that. Maybe your top one or two things that you really demonstrated that role. And then when you come in and they ask you the questions, because y'all all know the different interview questions that you can get. That's when you go into a little more detail about all the different examples, if you want to kind of feel it out, but that's when you can get a little more detail. So it's like you give a little inch with everything, like, you know, with the resume, you got a little bit, you know, give them a little highlight reel. The cover letter, you know, actually, I'm going to change it. So the resume is the highlight reel. The cover letter, that's your elevator pitch. And in an interview, that's the full ba-bam. You give them the full razzle-dazzle for the interview, Okay. <laughs> but bam yes I've actually um yeah because I've actually got more questions based off of stuff I've written in my cover letters than I have my resume um because I mean especially with like on-field promotions um with Pulaski like he, I did get to go into more detail and I talked about like one of my favorite things while I was working there was I got to do a marriage proposal and I got to do like a soldier family reunion and that's not really something you like put on a resume because that's mm -hmm. very much like that's like details to kind of spruce it up or make it exciting or as my um one of my advisors at my grad program would be like kind of use your cover letter to tell your story um it should be almost like you should hear your voice in the writing it should be like if you were in there just telling them and saying it to them to their face mm -hmm. um it shouldn't feel you know like a bulleted list like most resumes are but I mean yeah definitely try and utilize it as much and like one great way and I know in person everyone gets sick of a name dropper but this is moving on to the next point in your cover letter if you like don't be afraid to use your contacts like do not be afraid to name drop um because like we talked about your references like if I can get to the references point like I'm golden so like if you have someone who you know like is in a related industry and could possibly have a connection with the person who's looking to hiring, like name drop them because then you know they're going to pick up the phone or text or however freaking people communicate nowadays and be like, <laughs> hey, like I saw, like, do you know so-and-so? Like, what do you, um, like, what do you think of them? Like, how do they work? So anyway, you can kind of maybe get your, you know, almost not skip the process, but like, even if you didn't get to the references part of, the interview um always just try and slip that in there if you have a connection that could maybe get you a step ahead um, mm -hmm. of the game and I think that goes back into doing your research so researching your network seeing what aligns with the hiring manager or even the manager that you would be reporting to if you got that job seeing what those connections are so that way you can name drop and you can do that because if you name drop and you say Bill and you mention Bill and all this stuff, but it doesn't really have that same effect if they have no idea who Bill is or they've never really worked with Bill. So I think it really helps if you find a common correlation and if you find a connection where they do recognize someone that they know and they're like, especially if it's in their network and they can just call them up like that and be like, hey, I actually just found this cover letter and they mentioned you like who is this person I think that's all in your favor so really do your research like I cannot stress that enough to find a connection yeah or even if you know um like not so much they have like they'll be they'll know someone you've worked with but if the position you're applying for you know works with a project manager or is coordinating with a third party like make sure you include that in there you don't have to so much like name drop someone but position drop <laughs> so like people know oh they've kind of worked in a similar relationship or they've worked in that kind of um team before um so you have that experience maybe working with someone like so I could say like oh, I've worked with an executive director of you know Bahamas Bowl so even if it's not like they don't know Richard going to name drop him anyway, Richard Giannini, um, <laughs> if they don't know him personally, um, they know, like, at least I'm, you know, kind of used to working with someone who's on a higher level, um, and not just like, no offense to fellow interns, because I love you, you my people, but, you know, kind of having that, um, 
previous experience with working with that type of relationship because it is different yeah. um, as I have learned <laughs> in the working world. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. And so the next tip that we have is show, don't tell. So passion isn't the only thing that you should be showing instead of telling. Don't tell the reader you're proficient with social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook. Literally anyone can say that. I feel like right now, if you have an Instagram account, then you can probably say that you're proficient in Instagram. That means nothing in the business world. Tell them about the internship where you created content for the company's Facebook page and they gained 300 new followers during your time there. So really make sure that you utilize all of your aspects and showing how you added value to a company. As you can see, this is a reoccurring theme. We're trying to get you guys to think because this is something that I had to realize as well and start utilizing in my cover letters and resume is speaking more on how you added value because that is why someone's hiring you. They're hiring you to add value to their company. They're hiring you to make their job easier. And so you really want to utilize that and show how their life is going to be easier by them bringing you on to the team. Yeah. And it's honestly one of my least favorite interview questions because I always overthink it when they're like, well, what would you bring to the, you know, to the table that the other candidates wouldn't mm-hmm. And in my head, you know, you just want to be like smart aleck and be like, well, I don't know those other candidates. So how can I give you an accurate answer? Since, you know, the answer I give you could probably not be true. And then I'm a liar. Like that's where my head goes. I've literally and- never thought of that response. <laughs> Well, see, you got a look into Hollis's brain earlier. Now you got to look into mine. (laughs) So this is how we function. Um, But no, definitely, I think, and it comes back to kind of being self-aware, understanding like who you are, how you work. um, Do you align with the company? um, And never be afraid. Like, even if, you know, you end up getting a no, like, it's okay. Um, maybe you aren't the right fit for that team. And also like, and I know we've gone back to this, like don't sell yourself short just because maybe you are doing your research. You see the team that's already built around, you know, the job that you're looking for and they kind of all have a similar background or this or that. And you stick out and you don't share that. Like, don't take that as an automatic. No, try and make, put a positive spin on it. Um, I always like to do the spin where, you know, most people are going into a job. Like if I was applying for, to work in an esports organization. I don't have very much esports experience, but you go in and be like, okay, well, no, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of the esports world, but that's giving me that perspective that, you know, maybe you're looking to grow that side of your business and show people who don't really understand that world, you know, what it's all about. So I perfectly understand that perspective and it'd be great to ask me those questions um, and try and understand where they're coming from. So mm-hmm. always try and put a positive spin on it, even if you don't think, um, or if it doesn't kind of match what they already have in their team. Cause you always want different perspectives, different minds, different people mm-hmm. on a team. Cause that's when you're really going to get, I think the best out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And use that, literally use what she just said. If you have an interview and they (laughs) ask you, how would you best fit? And you don't really know, say that, because that was a great answer. (laughs) And so just kind of to wrap up the section on cover letters, your cover letter is also an opportunity to explain any employment gaps. And so this is really important, especially right now um, during COVID. I'm currently unemployed. So this will, um, a cover letter will help explain that, although most people do understand COVID during this time period. So you know what's going on, but even if you weren't affected by COVID or just outside of life moving years forward, your cover letter is a great time to explain what happened to you. And obviously, if you are comfortable talking about it, feel free to um, give more detail. But if you aren't, I think it is something that you should touch on, especially if you can clearly see the dates in your resume, um, tap into a little bit of what happened. And you don't have to get into too much detail because it, it might be personal to you. But I think it is really good to touch on these points while you are in your cover letter. Yeah. And then almost on the other side of employment gaps, maybe you've, you know, had a lot of positions where you haven't spent a lot of time at the organization, um, but you do have them on your resume, take that opportunity maybe to explain why. Maybe it was a quick, you know, three-month internship, or, you know, there was a situation where it did have to be ended early to no fault of your own, 
Um, so take that opportunity as well to explain, because I know that is a question recruiters or HR will ask and be like, I noticed that, you know, a lot of positions, you haven't really been there for, you know, a year. So what, what's with that? Um, so try and think ahead and maybe answer those questions they may ask you beforehand um, so they can just have a more complete idea of who you are and kind of what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, for cover letters, if you do have a design for your cover letter, make sure it aligns with your brand and other application documents. So especially with me, my brand is very much green. Um, That is not just the color of the podcast. If you go on my portfolio, it is green. If you look at my resume, it is green. If you look at my cover letter, it is green. If you go on my LinkedIn, it is green. So clearly my brand is green and everything very much aligns. So if you go on all of my platforms, you know that it's me. And I did that for a reason, especially being... um, early in my career, like you are a brand. You don't only work for a company, but you yourself are a brand. So you need to treat yourself like a company. And so making sure all of your documents and all of your things align. And honestly, I think it helps with coming off as more professional and it just looks like you have everything together. And it also looks like you really understand who you are and kind of can present that as a total package. And especially if it's relevant to the position that you're applying for, if you're, you know, looking to get a job in marketing or PR or branding, that's something that they're going to be looking for um, to see how you handle your own personal brand. And if you do it well, they're going to have a little more faith or probably be more inclined to hire you um, since they know you have that experience already just by looking at your social media, which employers do. They do. They yeah, do. pick that up by now. They look at <laughs> social media. So if your Instagram is a, what is it? A Finstagram? Funstagram? Oh, Finsta? Yeah, Finsta. Yeah. I'll put that on private. <laughs> Either that or clean it up, you know? Clean it up, you know? Clean it up. All right, y'all. So we done talked about cover letters. Now we are moving on to references and why they are so important. So the first one please ask before you list someone as a reference because they do call your references and they do reach out to them. So make sure that person is notified. One thing that I like to do, um, especially if I am applying to a lot of jobs, I'll tell someone that I'm using them as a reference or actually I want not like tell them like, you're going to be my reference, not like that. But it's like, I'll inform them because we've already established a relationship that they are aware that they're my reference. So if you know, you have a lot of applications going out and that person is comfortable being with being your reference, I think it's great to give them a heads up that they may have a few calls coming their way um, because it might get annoying if like every other day you're like, hey, can you be my reference? Hey, can you be my reference? Hey, I applied to this job. Can you be my reference? That can be a little annoying. So for me, I don't know if it works for everyone, but some of the people that I have as my reference, I've kind of established a relationship where they know they're my reference. And so like, if they do reach out, I don't have to like constantly ask them for permission if that makes sense does that make sense yeah okay um and then also just ask them I was say I had a professor at grad school and he (laughs) it cracks me up because he would be like oh you can put me as a reference but I will be completely honest with them so you might want to ask me beforehand if it's going to be a good reference or not Mm mm-hmm so I, you know, I went, I did use him as a reference when I was applying to a job and I went straight up and I was like, um, would you give me a good reference? And he thought about it and he was like, yeah, you can put me as a reference. And I was like, cool. Um, so definitely make sure also the references that you're using be a good reference. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always wondered that about references. I'm always just like, when people, when, when companies ask for a reference, has anyone ever given a bad reference? Because for me, I feel like if you're smart, but I guess if he has to say that, then clearly some people give him as a reference and he's given bad references before. But if you're applying to a job, why would I give, if if I really want a job and I know that this is the one thing probably keeping me from the position, why would I give you as a reference? If I know you're not going to speak, I give me and like the absolute, put me in the best light to get that job. That just doesn't make sense. I think maybe just some people assume they're like, oh, they're not going to say like anything bad. Cause like, we're all sticking in this together. No, 
like and I'll be straight up with people I work with I'm like put me as a reference I'm gonna tell the honest truth because I I don't I don't like to lie I'm also just a terrible liar so like anyone ever has to put me for like one of those like FBI references you probably just shouldn't um like I'm very nervous <laughs> under pressure like that I'm like oh my gosh what if I lie like what if I accidentally lie then I'm gonna oh get my gosh. go down the drain you see the stress that I live under um yeah and that was genuine <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I mean it's it seems sometimes like I don't want to say common sense but you know just check make sure you got a good reference um because I feel like there can't be anything as awkward as like someone calling and being like so we're looking for so-and-so to get the shop what do you think um well they showed up late so I guess when they were at work (laughs) (laughs) they're all right you know I mean they're still here we haven't fired them yet so you don't want that to happen (laughs) yeah I would literally cry (laughs) like (laughs) what <laughs> so don't even know. like it's not like they tell you oh yeah like two out of three references gave you, gave you a good review so someone could really just be going around like trashing you and you wouldn't even know oh gosh that would absolutely suck so then the next question the million dollar question probably not million dollar but maybe like ten thousand or something is <laughs> how many references should one have you want me to answer? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't have the answer. <laughs> so that's why I said the million dollar question. Your answer on it. Um, I'm sorry if you're not getting your ten thousand dollars, million dollars. Um, I mean, most of the time they'll specify like how many they're looking for. I think typically I've seen three, the most common. I know it's gone up to five before. I always, I have, well, like we've talked about with resumes. You know, you have your master resume. Well, I have my master reference list. Mm-hmm depending on the position so like when it comes to your references I kind of try and align it maybe with so like if I was looking at a job in community relations kind of the nonprofit side I would use my reference from Sportable the nonprofit adaptive sports organization I worked at Um, or if I was looking for an events job I'd probably use a couple people from ESPN events so um, try and get I have at least one reference from every job that I've worked at and I still have their contact information. I still try and keep up with them, check in as we've talked about, you know, maintain your network. Mm-hmm. Don't leave anybody behind. Cause you never know when they'll come in handy, but don't look at it like that. Just be a good person. <laughs> That's um, I try to keep at least six to seven references like on hand that I know I'm not as specialized as Kelly, where I have different people in different industry, but I do have my top three references that I always pull from because I know um, that they are going to speak highly of me. And I know that they probably do know me the best or I've worked with them directly. So they can probably speak to a lot of my personality, my working style and have the best representation of me. And so from those three, obviously, if anyone's not available, I do have like my backups or people that I rotate in and out. So that way I don't exhaust those three. I think that's something really important too, is having a rotation of references. So that way, every time a company reaches out, you're not always going to that person because that can be a little exhausting as well, especially if it's not a um, give and take relationship, because that's one thing that we spoke about and networking where it's not just take, 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 take. That is not what it is where it's just like, oh, you're my reference. And it's just using them as a reference, but it's like, what are you giving as well? So I think being able to rotate people out, having a long list that you can choose from and being able to really utilize um, a lot of different people within your network. And like Kelly said, um, I really like that she said this. This is very, 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 very. If you couldn't tell how important it is by the number of varies that I say, it is very important that you keep up with your references. Check in on them. Something as simple as like, happy holidays, happy birthday. If you see they had a baby, congratulations. How are you doing? Like literally checking in on people because it's one thing to have a reference. And so you're just like, take, 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 take. And then they don't hear for you for five years until you're looking for a job and you're like, hey, can I, can, can you be my reference? And it's like, well, 
like where is this coming from we didn't keep up with each other what what am I supposed to do with this information so I think it's really important to keep up with those relationships because as well um you never know when you're going to need somebody and you never know when someone's going to need you so it's really important to utilize your network and stay in contact with people that you've worked with in the past as the people that you've worked with in the past are part of your network and a part of your community so you need to keep in touch with them because as you go throughout your career your network and community is going to grow and grow and grow so you need to be able to reach out to those people whether you worked with them last year five years ten years ago you need to be able to reach out to them and kind of check in and have access to them and let them have access to you as well. Yeah. And then I think another thing I try and be aware of with my references is the, because I know on applications, sometimes they'll ask for it, is the relationship you've had to them, whether they're your coworker, your supervisor, um, that type of relationship. Because if every reference you list is your coworker, you know, it may look a certain way where it's almost like, I want to say your friend, like I'm usually friends with my coworkers. So I think they like to see a little variation there. And I also like to have at least one, know that I have at least one good reference at my job, because when you're applying for different positions, they'll ask you, can I contact your supervisor or can I contact this company? And it's always awkward when you have to put, well, I've never had to, but if you know, you had to put no and be like, why? Um, So definitely think of that as well when you're listing a reference maybe put you know two coworkers and a supervisor or um, have a little variation there so it doesn't really put any doubt um, as to why you wouldn't have you know only coworkers or only supervisors um, as references mm-hmm. I, I agree 100% you know like usual I agree 100% <laughs> didn't she would tell me yeah (laughs) that's true and so the next thing is should I include my references on a a resume no you should not you should not include your references on a resume Um, as you can see how passionate I felt about that answer Kelly's answer can be different but I don't think you should include your references on a resume you should only give your references if they are requested Um, and I've seen that on a lot of different articles. I've also seen that, I think we made a post today about the 15 don'ts of a resume. And so that was definitely one of them. And I see it often, but you should definitely only, well, I'm not even going to say definitely because it's a personal preference, but you should not include um, references on your resume, in my opinion. I wanted to end it with that, in in my opinion. (laughs) And I would say I also agree. I do know people who have their references on their resume. If you have the space for it and you need the space like to be filled, that's amazing for you because I already struggle to get everything I want on my resume and that's not even thinking about my references. So it's almost out of necessity that I don't <laughs> have my references. And then I think it kind of goes back to what Hollis was saying earlier about giving your references a heads up. Um, Because if you do just submit it on a resume, you can't really be like, hey, you know, they just asked, you know, this company just asked for me to submit my my references. Like, you know, they're going to be reaching out soon. So you can give them a heads up and be like, yo, like you might get a call from this company. Mm -hmm. Um, And your resume, you just got to tell them every time you apply. (laughs) Um, Which can like nobody needs that many emails, especially I was about to say with the jobs that I (laughs) apply. Yeah, the amount of jobs I'm applying to. That would be a lot of emails. Like just save yourself time and your references from having to read (laughs) those emails. Um, And then, I mean, our next point was kind of Hollis mentioned earlier. So make sure sure your references are where you're using them. Um, One thing I also like to do when I send that kind of heads up note is I'll save, well, you should be doing this anyway, save the job description um, and send it to them as well. So they kind of maybe have an idea of what these, you know, companies or this employer is looking for. So they can already go ahead and just be like, you know, what? I'm gonna save you time. Like, this is what you're looking for. She'd be a good fit. She wouldn't be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. So, and it shows that you think ahead um, and it shows that preparation. So I think that's something also um, to kind of get in the habit of doing when you are including your references in the process is giving them as much information as you can to give a good reference. Mm -hmm. And I agree to that because it also allows who's ever giving the reference or speaking on your behalf, it allows them to align 
um, the job that you did with them to the actual job description. If you were working on marketing campaigns, but the job is for event operations, then obviously they don't need to mention the marketing campaigns that you need, that you worked on with them. They probably should focus more on the event operations or those transferable skills that align with that job. So I think it also saves everyone time and really utilizes the most out of that conversation. And then so lastly, make sure you ask for recommendations on LinkedIn. I've gotten a lot better at this because I absolutely love LinkedIn. So I'll reach out to people and ask for it. Well, I'll say it like I'll be reaching out to a lot of people. I've only reached out to a couple people that I've worked closely with for recommendations on LinkedIn. And it honestly helps because recruiters are looking at your LinkedIn pages. Recruiters are using their backend to narrow down in on you and see if you would be a good fit before you even apply to jobs. So making sure your LinkedIn page is 100% ready to go no matter who comes on it is very important. And it can also help save a step if you do have those recommendations at the bottom because those are references. So those people are speaking on your behalf, especially since it's coming directly from that person. So I think it's really important to have um, as many recommendations as you can. Obviously, don't go crazy and have like 50. If you do have 50, 50 kudos to you. That is amazing, but I think maybe like <laughs> two, three, four, five, it's great. <laughs> um, I don't think you need any crazy amount, but just enough that really speaks to your character and what you can bring to an organization. Yeah, and I think, it, I mean, any way that you can kind of build your LinkedIn profile or maybe set yourself apart from, you know, I don't want to say your competitors, <laughs> but, you know, the other candidates applying for this position. <laughs> competition (laughs) company or something but you know anything that can really set you apart and kind of showcase you know they go a step above and beyond with you know not only do you already have your references but there's already people maybe not that you didn't include that are showcasing like these are the skills um and that's like something where they're not on the spot either it's like you know they took like those people who wrote the recommendation like took time out of their day to write that because you specifically asked for it so you know what they're saying is genuine and true it's not Mm -hmm. something you can just make up um and it's not like you know you got your friend well yeah you know you got your friend to be like yo can you just like write me a really good recommendation um please like I'm sure some of us did if we started our LinkedIn for a class project (laughs) (laughs) but you know um, I will say the funny thing, I like just the experience, this isn't really a tidbit, but just to be aware, a heads up that everyone kind of has their own way of writing a recommendation on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, you know, have a specific look in mind, or if you, you know, need to proofread ahead of time, I would go ahead and ask because <laughs> I have a cup, I think I have maybe like one or two, a couple recommendations, and they all look vastly different. Um, So that is one thing just to keep in mind um, when you're asking for a recommendation, it could look, it could be as short as, you know, three sentences. And then I have another one that it's like a letter of recommendation. So (laughs) you really never know what you're going to get with those. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, I hope you guys have, (laughs) I was going to say included, but that's not what I meant to say at all. I hope you guys (laughs) have enjoyed. That's how you know it's late. It's been a long day. But I hope you guys have enjoyed all of our tips and tricks for cover letters and references and are able to really utilize them to get you jobs because we're not only trying to get us hired, but we're also trying to get y'all hired too. So hopefully you've learned something and you can apply. Um, Wow, completely lost my train of thought. But (laughs) to close out the show, our words of wisdom brought to you by Hollis this week. So the quote that I have is, be so confident about God's plan that you don't even get upset anymore when things don't go your way. And I got that from Instagram. So if someone actually said it, I apologize. I don't have the person's name. I saw it on Instagram one day and it really resonated with me. So in a lot of our previous episodes, I always say, and even Kelly always says that I always say that whatever God has for me, literally no one can take away. And so especially right now, um, ending with ESPN, I don't know, what was that, April, May? I told someone else earlier that it was like March, so clearly 
the months are really like <laughs> that time period was a blur. But we are recording these episodes in November. And so everything was going great. You know, I was working my dream job. And now it's been months since me being able to keep and hold a job and not even keep and hold a job, but like get back in the sports industry and just figuring out what I'm going to do now. If I'm going to stay in North Carolina, am I going to move? Like, what are all my options? So this quote really stuck out to me, um, being so confident in God's plan that I don't even get upset when things don't go my way because no one really wants to be unemployed. No one, everyone, you know, you want your dream job right out of college. And for me, my dream job is not sales. Um, unless it is, you know, corporate partnership sales or like working with partners in some kind of way. But inside sales, I've done it and it is not my career home. So when things don't go my way, knowing that God has me in his plan and just, you know, keeping my head down, working hard, and hopefully something will come into fruition really soon, which I know it will because he an almighty guy and I know he got something coming for me. <laughs> so just, you know, working hard and knowing that when things, when the time is right, that everything is going to work out. Yeah. And then just a reminder that you guys are not alone. Um, I think Uh-oh. this has taught me about patience and I am not someone who's very patient. I just want things to happen now. Um, and as a control freak as well, when, you know, things like this, especially this year has been when things are out of your control and you kind of just sit there and feel like you have no impact on the things around you. Um, it can be frightening. It can be unnerving. It's kind of hard to maybe get your inner peace back, but I think, you know, you do need to kind of figure out what works for you, stress management. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's going to get better. I'm a big believer in that things tend to balance out. Um, you just kind of got to get, you know, to the end of the tunnel. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you, you know, you need support, I mean, Hollis and I are here for you. I mean, we, (laughs) I say my 2020 hasn't been easy, so I'll eat, I'll eat my feelings with you. Um, (laughs) Hollis will maybe have a very like more, (laughs) uh, she'll have a different method. I'm sure that's much better or, you know, less calorie inducing. Yeah, I do to my diet, I cannot do that. <laughs> so I think, you know, just be patient. Um, and it's, it's not easy. I know plenty of times I've been here just asking myself, like, why me? You know, you sit here and you watch other people who, you know, do get that dream job, maybe out of college or seem to have their life together when they're already in college. And you're just like, well, why is this my path? Why is this the plan for me? Um, there's an answer, even though maybe we can't see it right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have learned to believe that, you know, whatever's meant to happen will happen. Um, Most of the time, it's never what I expect to happen. But, you know, I'm just along for the ride. And just try and find, you know, those small moments of happiness, you know, that just get you to the next moment of happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, You find it. I agree. And we know it's easier said than done. (laughs) We're not here to preach positivity to you because we have our moments. Some days are good. Some days are a little rougher um, trying to figure it out and trying to remain happy. But just remember that it's not a bad life. Um, It just might be a bad moment or a bad day. So don't try to linger in that feeling. Um, I'm very big on if I'm feeling sad or if something's really heavy, um, especially with this job search and figuring everything out, I have to really feel it. So allow yourself to feel sad, allow yourself to be upset, allow yourself to really indulge in all of those emotions and then figure out passion projects or things that you can do to kind of take your mind out of it. And that has really helped me. Like when I am sad, I feel it. I allow myself to really feel it. And then once I'm done crying, I'm like, okay, girl, now we got to figure it out. Like you don't cry about it. We're past that. How are we going to do to keep it pushing? Because my mom always says, like Kelly said, take it one day at a time. Like you can't think of the bigger picture. Don't think about how you've been unemployed for however long or no one's really hiring right now or you don't know when people are going to start hiring or how things are going to go back to normal. You really have to take it one day at a time. Yeah. And especially like the last part of the quote with, you know, don't get upset anymore when things don't go your way. I hate to tell you this, but things most likely 
at least once more in your life are not going to go your way. Mm -hmm. Um, You work in events, no matter how much you plan, something always goes wrong. I mean, it could be a tiny little thing, but something is always going to go wrong. And you can't let that, you know, ruin the whole event for you. It could be a huge success, but one thing goes wrong. And I definitely was someone who like, when I first started, that would have ruined the whole thing for me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, life is never going to go how you expect. Um, So you really just got to learn to adapt and, you know, to find those positive moments and to find those things that, you know, make you happy. But it's also okay to be sad Mm -hmm. um, and to feel it like Hollis was saying. Like, let it out, cry, watch some Marley and me. Like, it's me every time. (laughs) That's true, because I'm a crier. And so if I, (laughs) something upsets, like when I start crying, I know, I know it's over. Like, I need to take a minute to reset. I need to step back. Because the little thing, like I cry when I see a bug. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm happy. So like, if I'm crying, I really got to feel it in that moment. Yeah. And just let it out. I mean, we all have like our ways of processing our emotions, but they need to be processed or else you won't be able to get through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really something I've had to learn. And yeah, I cry all the freaking time now. (laughs) Hallmark even gets me and it's sad because it's like, you know, because once you've seen one Hallmark movie, you've seen them all. Yeah. But it still gets me. I'm like, oh my gosh, they got back together. Yes. Like, (laughs) questionable I didn't know if they were gonna do it but it's like you know they were gonna do it but it still gets you oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) if you're if your moment of happiness is Hallmark go for it because they got 50 million Christmas movies coming up for you to watch so Yes, yes. I am so excited. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I hope you enjoyed that moment of us being really vulnerable with you guys because like Kelly said, we are here for you. We don't know every single one of you listening, but we are rooting for you guys and please reach out if you ever want to talk. So I guess that is where we can end this episode. So thank you guys for listening and we will, I always say we'll see you next week, but hope you're listening next week. (laughs) See ya. Bye.